Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I got. I have all my wedding rings. I can't tell which ones are right, from my weddings or from TV shows or movies. <laughs> Welcome to another fabulous episode of Divorce Party. I'm so excited about our guest today. She is an interior designer a mother. She's done multiple seasons of Flipping Out and is currently filming season two of Hollywood House Lift with Jeff Lewis on Amazon Freebie. And she is Jeff Lewis's main bitch on the radio and co-host. Truly, this woman is one of my favorite people in the world and she sherpa'd me through my own divorce. Please welcome to the show, Megan Weaver. Can you guys hear me and see me? Yes, queen. That is success. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the party, Megan Weaver. Hey, Tom. How are you? Thank you for doing this. Of course. You know, I'm honored that you guys have invited me. So, Tom, I don't know if you know this, but Megan was basically my divorce Sherpa. Oh, that's That's nice. So how I met Megan was I basically we hired my ex and I hired Jeff engaged to tear down our house, build a new one. And I'd seen the show. So I was totally already a stalker and loved Megan. And I, you know, I knew everyone on the show, but right away I was like, I don't love Jenny. So I was like, "Uh, Jeff, I want to work and I want to go shopping with Megan. Like I just knew like Megan was my people and I knew that you were going through a divorce. So I was just like, tell me everything. Like I just had to know, but I will say Megan, one of the things I love about you is you're like the first happy person I've ever seen or known going through a divorce. I know it wasn't always happy. I know behind the scenes now that I've known you for years, there's some, obviously some terrible ups or terrible downs ups, whatever. But, um, but it was like the way you handled it 
was with like such grace and humility and laughter and the fact that you were a mom with two kids. And and I feel like when I, they were young, when I first met you, like probably six and eight, I don't know. No, like five and six. I will say that I will say this and I don't want to interrupt you, but I will say no divorce is happy. I mean, maybe there are some, I don't know, but mine was the, it was the best divorce you can have and we'll get into it. Yeah. It's the best divorce you could have ever had, but it was miserable. And I think that that's probably ubiquitous for everybody across the board. I mean, it is a death and we'll get into it, but yeah. yeah. So when I met you, I think that I was, um, yes, just going through the, either we were separated for a very long time before we actually, you know, did the deal, which I think is also pretty common. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, when I met you, I was, I was going through it for sure. Yeah. I mean, and you, kudos to you. Cause you hit it, you know, really well. And you just, you know, you were, you know, you were working through it, you know, thank God you probably had that job and that show because I know sometimes it helps to have a distraction. Uh, and the kids, the, the kids, because, yeah. you know, you look at them and you go, this is what it's all about. Okay. Mm-hmm. This other part is horrible. But uh, this, these guys, that was really my goal. At and all. Megan's kids are amazing. They I are. lucked out, Tom. I lucked out. Yeah, um, yeah they're pretty. They're, they're not pretty awesome. They're beyond awesome. They yeah. are amazing children in the way that I don't even know how to explain to you. I mean, they check every box of amazingness. Mm-hmm. And having gone through their mom being supremely unhappy mm-hmm. um, in their early formative years, they turned out fucking great. And I can't take any credit for that. Like they're just, they were born awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they have an awesome dad. Um, they have an awesome mom, but they just kind of like, just, they're just great across the board. So yeah, I did. Thank you, Monica. I did walk uh, and Drew babysits Dylan. Yes. Her daughter yeah. helps out and babysits. She's oh, so nice. with kids. I know. I was like, Drew, you should be a camp counselor. And she's like, I hated camp when I was a kid. I was like, well, hated you camp. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I love how Megan tells always tells me stories about her kids. She's like, they would they wouldn't go to camp. They were like, nope. <laughs> My mom would go, I don't know if you know this camp, Tom. It was like uh, and, and shout out to all great camps, but I think it was like Camp Tumbleweed, but it was like kind of out in Calabasas. Oh, yeah. They were miserable. Yeah. They wouldn't have their cell phones, believe it or not. They had cell phones. My mom or my mom would find out where they were, and my mom would go and rescue them from camp. They were, nice. and, and then just show up at my door and be like, they didn't like it there. What do you want? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think camp is, I mean, when we think about, first of all, I certainly try to not recreate the mistakes of my childhood, but I love going to camp because I love being away. Like I went three weeks every summer. I paid my way. I sold thin mitts. Why camp? And I just wanted to be somewhere else. Right. So it's a good thing. That tumbleweed, I think I've heard of from <clears throat> my ex wanting to send the kids there. It's a, like a free, is it a free uh, spirit? I think they call it like the Richie Rich camp, I think. Oh, well, I might have doing. the name wrong, but I remember I tried so many camps with them. Yeah. And they was like, yeah, fuck no. We're not <laughs> doing it. We're just, we're, we're literally digging our heels in. We ain't going to camp. And I was like, okay, but kids don't like camp. So, yeah. you know. And I, you know, it's funny. I hated camp. Mm-hmm. I never went to camp as a kid. I was such a homebody. I just wanted to be with my mom. And, you know, I'm sure we could, I just met with my therapist 
So we mm. can go deeper, but maybe we'll just keep it about amazing. You know. No, but we yeah. have to do some, we got to do some. De- okay. I loved, wait, did you just have therapy right before this? I did. I just had therapy. That's why Perfect. I look like this. You You're know? totally open. Are you, yeah. Maybe a little hiding the tears. Yeah, so maybe glasses. a little swollen, right? A little here. puffy. Therapy's good. It's, it's, you know, I, I love it. I haven't been for a while and I started going again. It's awesome. Do you have to cry at therapy? Is that what's... No, you don't. I, I did a little bit, but I wasn't like, full, yeah. you know, full blow. I, like I cried. When I go to therapy, I feel like, say, 80% of the time, a tear is shed. That was it. It wasn't any big breakthrough. Yeah. But he he touched on some great shit. And I was like, this is why I love therapy. You get to go there and talk about yourself and like, have somebody be like, well, here's what I think you should. Anyway, it's yeah. I'm a proponent. I think of therapy is like the puzzle of you. It's like, right. you know, you're, you're learning your inner workings, why you do things. And then I think it helps you kind of be easier on yourself. Wow, and this was the therapist. Sorry, Tom, but this was the therapist. No, go ahead. Yeah. This is the therapist that I haven't seen in probably three or four years. Um, and I've been divorced for way longer than that, but he was the guy who I did meet with, with my ex-husband and try and get through some of our issues. And he was like, yeah, no, this isn't going to work. You know, he was that guy. So it's, it's nice that he's so familiar with my history and, you know, he can refer patterns. It's nice to go to someone that you, you, that knew you back when, you know, that's great. Yeah. Tell us about your, uh, what's the, the happy, you're happy divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like how long, start with maybe like how long you were married, when kids came into the picture and then. Sure. Of course, of course. So we'll I, I met my ex-husband in Toronto, Toronto. You don't say Toronto, you say Toronto, oh, right. uh, everyone knows. Um, he was born and raised in Toronto. He was a television composer. I was invited to the American Beauty premiere. It was on, believe it or not, September 11th, 1999. <laughs> And I was invited by my friends who were the producers and he was there with his friend uh, who was an actor in the film. And uh, by the way, uh, excuse me, American Beauty. Is that the Kevin Spacey? Movie? Yeah. OK, yeah. well, then 9-11 seems like a perfect time to screen that movie. Right. So yeah. so I met him literally like across a crowded room kind of thing. I'm the girl from California. He's the boy from Toronto. We were 27 and 28, uh, both single. And it was one of those really natural, I, I, I guess I could say IRL moments. So mm-hmm. it wasn't through an app. It wasn't through any of that. And we started dating immediately and he moved to Los Angeles and he became an incredibly prolific, great composer. Um, you know, I feel like I helped with that a little bit. Uh, my sister, you did. My sister's a big uh, television producer. I don't know if you know her. Her name's Marty Noxon. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. So she was producing Buffy the Vampire Slayer and her and my dad were in the car and my boyfriend's CD, this is how long ago it was, was in the CD player. And he was like, I want you to hear Megan's boyfriend's music. So she starts listening to the music and she says, he's fucking amazing. He reminds me of like a young Thomas Newman type, blah, blah, blah. We're actually looking for a new composer on Buffy. I should meet him. So Mm -hmm. she did. And it, he scored the last season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He also got a really huge agent. So, and then I kind of helped him with all the the ins and outs of running a business when we were very, very young. We ended up getting married. And then we had in 2003, I think. And then we had our first child in 2005. And then shortly after our second in 2007. And everything was good. You know, 
he worked a lot, Tom, like as a young composer, composers notoriously have to work ridiculous hours. So they sleep in the studio, they, you know, their deadlines are ridiculous and, you know, he had to prove himself. Um, so he was gone a lot during those, those early, early child rearing years. And it was super difficult. And, and this is before everyone had nannies all the time, right? Was it just, was it just you? It was just me. Um, when I had my son, uh, Bo, I did go live at my mom's because we were renovating the house I'm in now. Mm. And so, but he came there like twice over five months. And it wasn't because a lack of interest in the family. It was career, 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 career. And if I don't do this, if I don't stay and I don't work hard and I don't get less than, you know, or more than two hours of sleep, I'm going to fail and I'm not going to be able to support this new family I have, you know, I I'm getting, I'm, I'm doing a reader's digest condenser. No, please. Okay. The fact of the matter was I was so, I was youngish and didn't know that this happens, you know, people marry people who have residencies, who are in right. medical school, who are trying to pass the bar and, and all of these like critical times in somebody's career. Sorry, this is dinging. Um, that I just didn't have the, the knowledge or the wherewithal to, be okay with that. I felt, you know, sort of alone and I have to do this all by myself and I don't have a partner and we're not going to friends barbecues and he's not here to watch the first steps and, you know, all the things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I built up a lot of resentment, uh, because of that. And it was irrational ish because then he was working so hard to keep our family afloat. You know what I mean? And it just, it, it eroded and eroded and eroded our relationship. You know, the mutual disappointment that I couldn't understand what, how hard he was working and why he was working so hard and me not really understanding that he was doing this for his career and for us as a family. And it just, we got too far apart in, in how we uh, felt about each other. And it was just, you know, curtain close. Yeah. Well, so yeah. How in the old days, that's how couples were that, mm-hmm. you know, for some reason. And then I think women at a certain point went, OK, that's not acceptable. And I think you get in that old thinking because the truth is you were doing it alone. I mean, I understand. OK, he's got this thing and now you understand that. But in the reality is you were, you know, yeah. alone. that's yeah. a real, real totally thing. alone. Totally alone. Yeah. I mean, there were nights you know, and I'm not, I'm not the most patient person in the world, but I never really lost my shit too many times with my kids. But I'll remember there were a couple nights because they wouldn't sleep. You guys, they would never sleep. I had her kids are like our kids. Her kids want to sleep with her every night. Right. But mommy wanted to have her wine or have a cigarette or like I needed some alone time and they just wouldn't leave me alone. (sighs) And, you know, there were a couple nights where I would call them up at the studio and I'd be like, you got to get over here. You got to, you got to come put these kids to bed. I've been with them all day. I don't have the patience anymore. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to yell. I'm not going to throw them in the pool, but I just, (laughs) you know, I just don't want to lose my shit. Yeah. You know, he would, you know, to his credit, he would show up and do all the things and read the book and just let me, you know, so that did happen once in a while, but it just wasn't enough, um, togetherness and, 
raising these kids together and having a marriage and a family life that I wanted. And I didn't have the patience to wait out Mm -hmm. while my kids were young and wait for him to get to a place that he's in now. Good for him. Love the guy. (laughs) Um, and good for you. You're in a great place. A great place too. Um, that he, that we, you know, I, I didn't have the patience or the knowledge at that time to know that it would get better. And that if I could just wait out like the old days, like you said, Tom, if I could just wait out those really hard working days that we may have gotten back to a place where we could be a family again and raise our kids together and watch them grow up. I just, I threw on the towel, he threw on the towel and we just, like I said, we just we got too far apart with resentment. Did you guys go to any counseling together before you threw in the towel? Or how did you guys come to that decision? We did. We went to the therapist I saw today. And he, unfortunately for, for my ex-husband, he basically said to my ex-husband, your daughter is going to be 19 and date 40-year-old men. Mm-hmm. Or she's going to start taking drugs or she's going to, I mean, scared the living shit out of him because what, she's going to turn into me. He just wanted him to know that a father has to be present, yeah. right? Otherwise it creates all these other issues and you're unwittingly contributing to this. And I know you're trying to do well for your family by making money and, and climbing that, you know, the professional ladder, but at what cost? And I'll never forget, we left that therapist's office and he was like, what the fuck? Like, he was not happy with the therapist. And I was like, I mean, I think this is just statistics, you know? Um, That's really and- honest. That's a real, that a lot of times therapists will kind of negotiate like, okay, I don't want to get this one upset or this one upset. And I always feel like I have to have the best story for them. Right? I can't keep telling the same story. So I think of things on the way there because I want to keep them interested on the people. Yeah. But that's a really performing for your therapist. Great tactic. But that's a really honest uh, uh, thing. And, uh, you know, people have to it is very true, the outcome. So I I got a lot of respect for the therapist of taking that chance and telling it Mm -hmm. like it is. Because, you know, men, women, we sometimes need a wake up call. Right. And I'm 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 lucky because I'm older, dad, but but my career is over. So I do get a lot of time and maybe when I was younger, oh, I would have been terrible when I was younger, but nobody was also, you know, it, where I'm from in a small town in Iowa, men and women stay together no matter what until the kids are out of the house. And then a lot of times the mom goes, I don't need that guy. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing he could do for me. We right. had our kids, we raised them. I, I need to have a life. Well, that's why you see marriages break up after 27, 37, 45 years. You know, I think. Why do people stay till the kids leave? I know it's that whole, I mean, it's because I feel like you're doing more damage than doing what you know that now. People say that now, but back in the day, you know, my grandparents, both sets were married 60 years. And so. People stay together. Uh, um, it's hard to break up. You know, it's that. hard to break up. It's it's it takes it's a lot of courage mm-hmm. and it takes a it's a huge risk. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's all the things. So it's a very hard thing to decide to break up with somebody, especially in a marriage where there's children involved. And it has to be 
for all the right reasons. And you really can't sort of look back, you know, I mean, but there have been moments and they're fleeting and they're super quick and they don't last. And I don't, but there are moments where I sometimes think, God, you know, my ex-husband is such a great guy. And he is, everyone adores him. We all respect him. He he is really fucking fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I'll think, what would have happened Mm -hmm. if I just stuck around or didn't throw in the towel another four, five years? Because you guys, he is, I mean, I don't know if his new wife, he did remarry. I don't know if his new wife is just more patient because she kind of got the Cinderella story. Right. Right. Where I was there from the, from the, the hard days and the beginning and he was young and he was working. I mean, I think it's second or first wife syndrome, right. Where you're there during like the really tough, hard stuff, the hard, hard shit. And then the second wife comes in and she gets the fruits of all your labor and his, you know, I mean, his mostly, but you know, I do have those fleeting moments. I don't so much anymore. I've got a wonderful boyfriend who I adore with all my heart. Um, But, you know, there are those little flashes yeah. of, oh, yeah. gosh, he's got it together so well now. Maybe what would it have been like? You know, and I think that's normal. Well, yeah. He must have those same thoughts about you sometimes. Probably you know? not. Um, you know, what have you oh, you know, Joey Zauzig. Yeah. Okay. So Joey always has these inspirational things on Instagram. And he's like, honey, they didn't leave. They didn't leave you for her because they're better. They left you for her because they're easier. Right. That's very true. And I think to myself, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And also she's 10 years younger and beautiful and a bikini model. And a bikini model. Yeah, but whatever. That doesn't really matter. That doesn't last forever. Let me tell you. But let me see this. You said your your husband is a good dad. Now that's the... Great dad. Maybe maybe a great dad. That's like half the battle. Maybe that's the, you know, maybe he couldn't have been that. Uh, if you stayed together, maybe you couldn't have been a gr- as great of a mom. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So, you know, ultimately, it really is about the kids and what's yeah. the best thing. And when I hear people compliment their ex and what kind of parent they are, I'm like, number one, how do I get there? But mm-hmm. number two, that's the, the highest praise. And, and then you could, you know, bad mouth them a little bit like you and Monica do. But <laughs> once you say that, you yeah. know, everything else is, you yeah. know. And, uh, Wait, so how long after your, um, that therapy session where he kind of called out all the issues, how soon after that, you know, what, what happened? Did he get an apartment? Did you, you guys had a separation for a long time. We, had a, we had a, we had a five-year separation. Um, I don't think it was around my 40th birthday, uh, where we were trying and doing the therapy. And then we kind of just said, you know what, we should separate. So he went to a hotel for a while, but don't forget, he also lived at his recording studio. So mm-hmm. he was at his recording studio. He probably slept there during our separation. He wasn't seeing anybody. He wasn't dating anybody as far as I know. Mm-hmm. So he would get a hotel room during our separation when he had the kids. So they had somewhere to go and have fun, order room service and all of that. So we separated. I don't know. I, I don't know the exact timeline, but it was around like a two to three to four month mark, probably mm-hmm. the lesser where we had to come to Jesus on the phone. And I said, you know, Hey, um, so how's this separate? How's the separation treating you? And I was expecting him to go, you know, it's hard. And I'm <laughs> and I just don't know if I want to do this anymore. Maybe yeah. we should give it another shot. And here's what he said. 
it's going great. <laughs> I'm dating. Yeah. This was the best decision. Yeah. And even though I was the one who sort of yeah. wanted it more, the separation, yeah. I was a mess after that phone call. I mean, I hit the deck. I was in a fetal position. I had to have all my girlfriends come over and like, you know, revive me. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I was, well, cause I knew what, come on, we're not done. That's when you know, it's really okay. It's over. Well, also I kind of knew him. I know him really well. And I knew when he said I'm dating that he doesn't have time to date multiple right. people. It right. meant that he found someone yeah. and he was loving life hanging yeah. out with this girl. So I, super easy. And he just was like so happy. And I realized that I, and this happens to a lot of women, I think who get divorced and even though they want it and it's a good thing and it should happen, mm-hmm. the man moves on very quickly. I felt replaced mm-hmm. and I felt devastated by being replaced. Did I want to, you know, be with him? Did I want to have sex with him? Did I want him to be my husband anymore? No. Mm-hmm. Did I want to be replaced so quickly? Mm-hmm. That's what put me in an absolute like fetal position. It happens to men too, you know. Uh, I am a little different. My first three ex-wives of four, I was so happy when they met somebody else and uh, then had a baby right away with that, like the normal way. And, and because I was like, okay, that's good. They're good. We're not going to get back together. <laughs> like, Because I, I don't trust myself the back and forth and the back and right. forth. And so I I pray the same thing for my fourth ex-wife. I think that uh, you know you get you you ultimately I mean it, it's hurtful it's hurtful it's hurtful if it happens before you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Break up. I will. Yeah. No, I no, no, for sure. Yeah. But, but then you kind of get, get over it. And, uh, you know, you genuinely, I mean, it's, it's paid, it's real, but there's something satisfying about, okay. And in your case, I know how a lot of women think about bed, like, my son is out there now because I was the adult in the relationship. Now he's out there living his life, and that the the next wife has to suffer all the same shit I did. So you got that going for you. I'm uh, sure that that's true, and I'm sure that you know people don't change, and I'm sure she has she comes up against the same sort of you know loneliness. But I think that again. She got the fruits of his learning experience, you know, and how to be. They also went on, Tom, I didn't tell you this. They went on to have two more children. So oh, yeah. they have they have our two kids. Yes. She had two kids before they got married and then oh, they wow. had together. So they have six kids. That's like my parents. It is blended family city. Yeah. 
Like so eight. that's another thing I think. Pretty much. Yeah. So crazy. And during COVID, wasn't there like during the fires or something, didn't they have to evacuate and they came, they all came to your house and you guys yeah. partied? Yeah. So they, they during the fires and I think it was during COVID. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I feel like but it was- they ended up having to evacuate their home in Calabasas. And I was like, you know, worried and on the phone with them. I was like, just come here, bring everybody. And they were here for like six or seven hours. And it was great. And six or you know, seven hours. I thought you were going to say they were here for six weeks. Uh, no, like, no way they have two little kids they were like yeah. chocolatey covered fingers all over my furniture uh, kids are as cute as can be but yeah. no, no no it was like six or seven hours and there, there was a was your ex and his wife there too during those hours yes okay they were uh, all here that's that's a that's funny situation i'd right, watch so. tv i mean the thing is is we've gotten through so i got through the heart heartache of him moving on so quickly you know, it lasted, you know, probably a good six months, you know, um, and then I that sort of incorporated your um, breakup uh, prescription of just like speed dating. Tinder, 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 bumble, 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 match, 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 all the things <laughs> uh, that helped. Uh, but again, like you said, Monica, a distraction, you know, yeah. there wasn't there wasn't, you know, anybody until much later when I met my boyfriend on Match.com. Um, but you know, I got over it. And as soon as I got over it, I mean, there was always these one, two punches, Mm -hmm. which was, we're getting married. We're pregnant. Uh, we're pregnant again. Um, you know, all we're buying a $4 million house where, you know, you just have to, you just have to realize and rise above and know that the decision was made by two very educated, smart, you know, conscious thinking people who made the right decision. And now you got to live with the decision and nobody was in love. Like I wasn't in love with him for a while and, and same. So it's not that like wanting the person back. Like I, I always said that if he walked in the door naked, I'd be like, Oh my God, it's like my brother. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't that it was purely, purely a uh, fear, financial fear. And then also fear of being replaced and, you know, someone starting another family that that was it it was all like that that irrational kind of of fear ultimately it worked out to an incredible co-parenting experience that continues to this day with a 16 and 17 year old we we get along there's been maybe two percent of conflict um, but other than that, we're pretty much on the same page, you know, how, kind of, you yeah, know. how long did it take from like, let's say legal date of separation till you signed five years, Jesus Christ. Oh, well, that's, that's, a, that's a while. Yeah. I think it was because, you know, we just didn't want to get into the finances of it all. And I think it was scary and I was fine with, you know, what he was sort of sending me for his, in his like, own mind for child support. Right? Yeah. I was like, this is fine for, for now. And it was, it was fun. It was comfortable and yeah. it, seemed, it seemed right. And then Jeff and Gage were funny. They were like, no, 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 no. He can't arbitrarily just give you a number every month that has to be hammered out by, you know, yeah, you need some security. You need some, a guarantee. So, so Jeff and Gage, um, sort of, I mean, not sort of, they, they were the ones who pushed me. They were your co-counsel. They really were. I mean, I think I would have buried my head in the sand for longer if it wasn't for Jeff and Gage saying, you got to pull your head out of your ass and get this done and and get what, you know what I mean? I think that that was, they were instrumental and I'm always forever grateful to them for, 
Fahi and for helping guide me. I mean, it didn't end there. There, we had so many conversations together, like on our long drives to wherever we were working, where I would tell them what was going on, and they'd be like, "No, that's not okay," you know. And it, they were I mean, lovely. They were their that support, time. yeah. You, I mean, we've talked about this before, Tom. The yeah. people around you can either kind of make or break when you're going through this, like you need smart, supportive, loving people to help yeah. assist you. You, you, smart, you need a smart attorney that, yeah. and hopefully well, sure. both have a smart attorney yeah. because if one person has a crappy attorney, it just, nothing gets settled. I do right. remember this feeling of, uh, you know, you're sitting there and uh, the other person say, well, I'll never work again. And, uh, uh, and, and I guess I probably did that before too. And actually, I'm not going to work, you know, you got to put yourself down a little bit to, uh, you know, when you're selling these things, it's a weird feeling to go, I'm going to put myself down, uh, to, yeah. you know, yeah, and, and that other person put themselves down, like they'll never work. They never worked to begin with. Well, right. no, I, my career. Is- that was definitely hard when I was going through my divorce. They were, you know, they love to put like really hurtful, uh, descriptions of who you are on, you know, your, I mean, I don't know about you, Megan, but it was like, you know, Monica has never made any money and her attempts at blah, 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 blah. Like basically that, actually, that works in your favor, Monica. So it does. It does. So, so I wasn't, how so? <laughs> well, because then the child, because it's called the dissimeter and you know, it's who yeah. makes what and how much. And then that, if you may, if you were making a certain amount and, and your ex was making a certain yeah. amount, and you're you're here and he's here, then he wants to give you that much. But if you're here and he's here, he's got to give you more, yep. which which worked in my favor because I wasn't really a big earner when we got divorced. And I'll never forget the terrible, the, the pitiful, and I hate to say this because they really were. And I had to stand my ground because I really cared for and respected my ex-husband to the nth degree. And I would get these calls like, you are literally going to ruin my life with you know, with this, this, this him. with this judgment, oh. and I'm not going to be able to ever be able to survive if I have to pay you, you know, what the, what they have, you know, uh, judged for. And it took every fiber of my being to not buckle or be like, okay, well let's work it out amongst ourselves and I'll take right. less because the fact of the matter is he's fine. And he did fine. And he's still managing to be fine. And he was always going to be fine. He was scared, just like I was scared, you know? And I also would keep telling him, because sometimes I would get a little angry. I'd be like, divorce is expensive. <laughs> you shouldn't have married someone else or proposed to someone else or bought a $3 million oh. house, bought her a Mercedes mm-hmm. or a big diamond yeah. ring. Divorce yeah. is expensive. And hey, honey. I'll never forget being on a couch uh, next to George. We were in some awful, uncomfortable meeting and we were in the thick of it where he wouldn't even look at me. And I remember him yelling at, I think it was a, like a forensic psychologist or something. And he was like, this wouldn't, we wouldn't be having this discussion if I worked at McDonald's and the guy (laughs) just sat there totally chill and looked him in the eye and said, well, you don't work at McDonald's. So let's not having this conversation. We're having this conversation, but I, I, Oh God. I remember it's tough. It, It doesn't matter if it is amicable or contentious. I mean, it's, Listen, it's always easier if it's more amicable, obviously. Well, when kids are involved, it just makes everything much more. And you, you don't want to hate the person. That is, I mean, I have so many friends who have had divorces with people who are vindictive mm-hmm. and, you know, just awful human beings. And 
you know, I've always had to say to myself, you know, I was the first one of my friends to get divorced. Um, but I was the first one of my friends to have an amicable divorce, which I'm very proud of my ex-husband and I for, for that. Yes. We did the best we could. And I think we did it the right way, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah, Like I can say I've called Megan for advice before in some of my, like I'm hiding by the trash cans, having a dirty cigarette after, you know, my lawyers called and you always just gave me the best advice and you just had such a level head and I hope I never abused your. It's like on the show. She gives, she's level and, uh, and knows how to engage, led to engage and, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, whatever you've gone through, you've just, you know, you've always carried yourself so well and you just, you you guys, you're a a gem. Um, But I want to know how, how did it go introducing your kids to the new, you know, girlfriend or like, how did you, did you guys talk about it? Did he ask your permission before? You know, I'm always curious about how that goes. Absolutely. Down. Absolutely. That was one of our steadfast rules was if we're going to introduce the kids to a significant other, it has to be after a, a, a fair amount of time where you have to feel that this person isn't just a fleeting thing. And this person is going to be in your life for a very long time, if not forever. So when he, uh, he went first, because remember he met her really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He waited, he waited a good amount of time and they were going to Canada to where he's from and she was going, and this was the first time she was going to go with the kids. So I said, I'd like to meet her. I hadn't met, I hadn't met her yet. Yeah. Before you get on a plane with my children. I need to meet you and make sure you're okay. And so it was, it was brief. I went to his studio. She was there. She looked, Tom, you're going to die. I think I've told Monica this. I met her for the first time and she looked like a fucking Disney princess. I mean, <laughs> the beautiful, dark, gorgeous hair with the big, bright blue eyes. And like, I swear bluebirds were like chirping around. Her. <laughs> I mean, Ew. she was angelic and so sweet and so kind and like nervous, you know? Um, and I was like, all right, you're good. Go meet them. And they didn't. It's been, it's been a successful relationship ever since. I know that sounds, I mean, unrealistic and kind of crazy and, it just worked. It just, I liked her, met her. She was respectful. I was respectful. And it's really been kind of great ever since. And then it's the same way they met my boyfriend, Ben. We, I'd been with him for a while. And then we went to San Diego to uh, SeaWorld. Please no haters. This was a long time ago. Uh, uh, but so the first time they met Ben, you guys all went to SeaWorld together. SeaWorld. We stayed and in like rooms and it was just kind of organic. It just was easy. And th- he brought his son. I brought my two kids and it just, it all worked. So that's, I, yeah. I have to say what men that are going through a divorce like that, what, they're so insecure. And I speak as a man because they think, oh my God, if she gets all that money, I won't be able to afford a hot next wife. I absolutely won't. Yes. I need somebody younger and hotter. They are going to love me for me like she did. I have to get some. You can't <laughs> take my money because I, I need to keep getting married. Right. I need, yeah, I need to have, be able to take her to dinners, vacations. and, and Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Love stand on well, don't worry about my ex, Tom, because he bought her a house, a car, a ring, had two kids with her. So I think he was fine. Nice. I think this is it. I think he's, oh, he's, I think he's met the one. And I think that uh, they're, they're going to, and I really do. And it's, it's a great thing because I don't, 
I wouldn't wish anything else. I, I want oh, them to be together forever. I want him to be happy forever. It's it's great for him. It's great for her. It's mm-hmm. great for their kids. It's great for my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there's nothing but well wishes all around. And that's not kind of the well wishes. We're like, oh, I wish them well. Yeah. It's, legit. it's legit. It's legit. Well, I tell you, there's a happy, speaking of happy endings, my friend Sharon Stone, who many years ago was sort of in my situation where somebody was trying to take her husband at the time, Phil, was trying to take the kids away just to do that. And she'd had a braid, uh, 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 like a braid, like a, a braid bleeding. Like mm-hmm. she was vulnerable to somebody trying to mess with her and the kids. And it was awful. And although she did, <laughs> she did take him to the L.A. Zoo and uh, uh, or maybe San Diego and let him in the, a cage with a Komodo dragon. Just them. You know how you get these private viewings? They put them both in a cage and then the dragon attacked him and about killed him. I was always <laughs> like, oh, she did that on purpose. But years later, recently, you know, his uh, wife oh. uh, will call her up to help with uh, the relationship, you know. and uh, Oh, so his current wife will call her to get yeah. relationship. And he'll do that too. And she's a very yeah. spiritual person. So mm-hmm. that's her, you know, that's the apology. That's the whatever. And, you know, she's great with relationships. That's nice. That's nice. I, I, you know, I kind of thought that maybe that would happen with my ex's wife that like, how was it like having him gone so long and how did you handle it? But you know what? Girls got it. She, she is, I haven't been called for advice and I think they've been married like seven, eight, nine years. And, um, that's a long time. She's got, no, she's got it down. She's, she knows how to, how to deal. And I'm, I'm happy with that. Megan. Yes. What did you do with your wedding ring? Still have it. Um, actually I have the engagement ring. I lost the band. Okay. Here's the thing about me. Never buy me jewelry, Tom. Yes. So come Christmas, you think, oh, I'm going to get Megan a Christmas gift. I think I want to buy her this beautiful tennis bracelet from Costco or from, you know, 14 karat, whatever it is. Don't do it. Just stop yourself right there because I lose jewelry like people lose sunglasses or so I lost the wedding band. I lost the push, the push ring um, for when I had oh, my push. Do you know yeah. about push presents, Tom? Did you ever yeah, get? Yeah. A I do. Present? I have for. I, I, so I lost that. I lost a lot of other important things, but I did manage to hold on to my engagement ring, um, and I still have it. I'm not going to say just in case someone wants to come and rob me. But I had been robbed, and someone stole it from me. Someone who was working for me knew where I kept it and stole it. <gasps> And I figured out it was him. And I came up with the greatest sting operation you've ever heard in your life and got it back from him. Well, what's the sting operation? Yeah. Okay, here's what I said. Tom, you're going to love this. This is right up your alley. <laughs> so I somehow I knew it was him. I had no proof, no cameras, nothing. Well, Megan's also partially psychic. A little like, psychic. Nice, yeah. good, good. So yeah. I knew it was him in my heart and in my gut. I have never mistrusted him before. He worked for me for forever. Yeah. So I called him up and I said, crying. And I said, listen, you know, the, my engagement ring was stolen. It's terrible. And I, you know, wanted to give this to my daughter, Drew. I said, but here's the thing. I'm so sorry. I said, I've called the FBI. They're on their way over here. Um, they're going to take fingerprints because the box is still there. So the fingerprints are on the box. I said, they got to fingerprint everybody who works for me. So I need you to come over and get your fingerprints taken by the FBI. Yeah. That's okay. fantastic. And then 15 minutes later, he called me up. He said, I'm on my way over. There was no FBI here. 
He yeah. stood at the door. He tried to pretend that he put it up on a bookcase. He said, "Oh, Mrs., I oh, put it away for, for I put it away for safekeeping because I worried that you kept it too out in the open." He just pulled it out of his pocket. Oh it, my god! Needless to say, I fired him. I told him everything was okay. Thanks for thanks for putting my ring away somewhere safe. Bought yeah. the whole story. Didn't shame him, but I got my fucking ring back. That's yeah. and I came up with that myself. That's brilliant. And let me say that you got to be a little devious to think that way. Number one, the FBI doesn't really—that's not their purview. But but yeah. I love it. And I and something I've learned by buying a lot of jewelry for women. Sometimes, and I've had a couple wives say, "Oh, my stuff got stolen. I blame the housekeeper or wherever." You got to be careful. Never the housekeeper. It's never the maid. Never. Never. It's always it was misplaced or whatever. You don't hundred percent. But people yeah. that jump to that, like, yeah, I don't trust the, you know, they jump to that. And, and you know, that's a, you you do kind of start thinking that way. Oh, yeah, this person. But it's never been right in my life. I've always no. found everything that I thought I lost or they lost. And, uh, or Mispl- they. Usually it's misplaced. But in this yeah. situation, I knew it was taken. Mm-hmm. And what's weird, here's the other weird thing. He had only taken, I never checked that, that drawer that I kept it in ever. I got a weird sinking feeling in my tummy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go check on that ring. Mm -hmm. And I did. And of course it was empty. And I was like, holy fucking shit. But then it came to me that it was him. And he had only stolen it like a couple days before. Because think about it. He would have hawked it. He would have, you know, something it. You're lucky he didn't take it right to a, a, what, a pawn shop? You do. Can you imagine? I mean, not that it was like the most expensive diamond ring that anyone, anyone's ever bought anybody, probably yeah. not very much, but um, it's sentimental and it's for my daughter, or, you know, or my son, something. It's just something I didn't want to fucking lose. It's a family uh, heirloom. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. The one that I bought for George for his wedding ring, it said, fuck you. On the oh, was it chrome hearts? Chrome hearts. Yeah. That's amazing. Love and I was, so, this is how, I mean, this was like, we were on our way to divorce, but I'll never forget. He came home from work one day and he's like, I can't find my wedding ring. It's, I don't know what happened. And then a couple of days later, supposedly somebody said that they found it in the parking lot. It had been run over at Universal. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. And then I was like, okay, you know, like it was just so, you know, it was just so, it just pissed me off so bad because that was the one thing I bought with my own money. Right. Chrome Hearts yeah. is expensive. Of course. Um, and then he lost it. And then he lost it like a month after that for good. And I was like, oh, it was an omen. It was so symbolic. Yeah. 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 And what about, um, how do you feel about marriage now, knowing what you know and what you've been through? I mean, do you feel like I'm good? I don't need to do it again. Or, you know, would you, are you open to that? I'm wondering what your thoughts are. Um, I feel like been there, done that, you mm-hmm. know, the, the divorce, even though, like I said, it was very amicable, it was still super painful and complicated, you know, and I feel like I've already had my kids with someone. And I think that that's always, it's not necessarily, I have friends who have, had kids with people and never got married and they're fine and it's all good. But I think that that it's very, it's a romantic notion. It's not a necessary thing. You know, I feel like it's more romantic to wake up next to somebody and be like, Hey, I'm waking up and I choose you today. And I'm going to wake up tomorrow and decide if I choose you again, it's not, I'm going to choose you because I'm afraid of finances. I'm afraid of losing my house. I'm afraid of splitting up my kids. I'm afraid of, it's just because I choose you. And I think that that for me, is the way 
I'm going to conduct the rest of my life. I don't, I don't feel like marriage is a, is anything that's necessary for me. Well, you still have the best it seems like you have the best things about marriage now in your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you're the best, Megan. Thanks for coming on. That was so fun. You guys were a pleasure. I love this podcast. I'm a huge fan. I've listened to almost every episode. I missed the Ginsburg one, but I'll catch up on that. And just thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. And you guys are a blast. Thanks, well, thank you for sharing, sharing honestly with us. And, yes. Uh, I, I always learn a lot when I'm done with these. I go, man, I learned a lot there. That's good for me. I'm so, sure. Uh, I thank love you. It. So it's like therapy. Yeah. All right. Bye, Megan. Bye to baby D. Bye, guys. Bye. That oh, was okay. awesome. That was yeah. good. I loved Oh, my God. She was so great. And. You know, I thought I knew stuff about her, just like everybody else you research. And uh, it was uh, it was great. It was different. And you yeah, know. well, she and also because we don't get to know kind of some of that stuff about her when she's on Jeff's show, and so just to no, kind of get her alone. Jeff won't let her talk, but but uh, <laughs> unless he brings it up, hey, make you tell the story. But yeah. no, she's great. A very solid uh, person. She's a very solid woman, and uh, I, I really uh, like that. I'll have got much to think about. Yeah. Um, but I want to come see you do some stand-up. What's the next? Oh, please. What's the next night you're doing uh, it? I'm in Portland, Oregon, the July 30th, which you can't be. I know I'm at the uh, Improv coming up at uh, the Comedy Chateau. I'm looking at this thing. You ever heard of that over in the Valley? I oh. love the Comedy Chateau. Yeah, it's the 15th, according to my thing. The 15th, 15th of July, I'll be there. Okay. And uh, Dr. Wang, I have an appointment with Dr. Wang. I did that. It's a, that's Dr. A, Wang. Yeah, it's a new ge- genetic heart doctor at UCLA where they cool. where they do, they take your DNA and then they tell you which one of your parents is going to kill you. And because they do <laughs> research. But then, uh, uh, let's see, the 20th, I'm at the Ice House, the 20th of. of uh, is that Pasadena? July, yeah. And the Ice House is great. I've been. I love it. First, one of the first places I performed when I came out here. So yeah, I got all those things. Okay, and, cool. Uh, I'm going to check Macal and then I'll bring me, some fun people. Let me know. You know, no pressure. I love it. Work. I'm coming. All right, cool. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Talk soon. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.